0: And facing that, facing the, the rejection, facing the physical pain, facing the spiritual pain of bearing the sins of all mankind, of absorbing the wrath of God, is awaiting Jesus. And in the face of that, he's comforting his disciples. Thank you for listening to Sozo Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Sozo Church, visit sozospokane.com. Now he honors us by giving us a place in his plans, but 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 they're not dependent upon us. Come on. Be still. The person of Jesus holds all we need. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. What more do we need? This is Sozo Church. John chapter 13. Uh, I believe we're going to pick it up at verse 36. Um, I need to give you a little context before we jump into this, though. So we've been looking at the Gospel of John, kind of making our way in a very high-level pass through the Gospel of John, uh, looking, uh, taking stops at the seven I am statements that Jesus makes about himself in the Gospel of John. Our goal has been to let Jesus tell us who he is. Not let culture, come on, not let religion, not let history, not let that Bible is lit teacher you had in community college with a ponytail, uh, not let that guy tell you who Jesus is, but rather, come on, let Jesus introduce himself to us. So we're kind of coming to the end of this, and I need to give you a little bit of context because if, if we don't have context for what's happening here, I think it doesn't make as much sense. So very quickly, let me let you know this is really the last few moments of Jesus' life here on earth. This is his last evening with his disciples. Um, and so because of that, really, the, the, this next portion of Scripture, really through uh, chapter 15, is really um, Jesus talking to and having a very long discourse with his disciples. If you have one of those red-letter Bibles, you'll notice this is riddled, these next chapters, with, with red letters. And uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. But again, what we need to understand, not miss, is this. Jesus' ministry kind of was an uphill battle to a certain extent. He, he wasn't instantaneously kind of accepted and popular and well-known. Uh, rather, for years, he, is, he and his disciples kind of itinerantly preached. He traveled around... Um, <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that. He traveled around... Um, uh, uh, the area, the country, and and he kind of made his way around. He 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 preached, he healed, he did all his, these miracles, and it was kind of a a snowball effect. Everybody understand that that analogy? That the snowballs it goes down, the mountain kind of gathers more and more mass as it goes down. That was kind of the ministry of Jesus, and really at this moment we've hit sort of the pinnacle of his ministry. He's he's coming into Jerusalem during Passover, which for those of us who weren't raised in a Jewish home in uh, the first century, um. We need to understand that Passover is kind of like Christmas and Thanksgiving and Mardi Gras and the Super Bowl all kind of wrapped up in one in Jerusalem. And Jesus kind of comes in, pardon this horrible analogy, as the halftime show. He is celebrated, They're, they're like ripping off tree branches. That's a party, come on. You know it's a party when people are ripping off tree branches and waving them around. I've been at some crazy parties in my life. Few of them before Jesus. And, um, and, and I've never been at a party so crazy as tree branches were ripped off. Um, and that's kind of what's happening. And so the, the atmosphere, can you kind of get a sense for what the atmosphere of the disciples would be? they kind of they bought into this early on when Jesus was kind of a nobody and they've seen this like popularity grow and his acceptance grow and people being excited about him grow and so in their minds from their perspective they're going like it can only go up from here right like they all love us they, all, they finally people are buying into this idea that Jesus is the messiah we're excited we're pumped and so like all fallen sinful wicked people the argument starts to arise inside the disciples like, okay, now that we're somebody, what's our pecking order? Who gets to be greatest in the kingdom? I bet it's going to be me. There's like discourses here like some guys go get their mom to try to convince Jesus to give them a higher place. You know you have no real foot to stand on when you have to get your mom to try to pitch you to your boss, right? Like my son really deserves the raise. He's a sweet boy. This is Jesus standing before a mom and she said, can they sit on your right and left hand? This is, this is the, this is the environment. It's so self-centered that none of them even think about serving one another. So Jesus strips off his outer garments, grabs a towel and washes all of their feet, which is good because Peter's about to chew on his in a minute. It's what he does. He's really good at it. It's his spiritual gift. And, uh, so in the midst of all this excitement and, and, and celebration, Passover, this huge party, the, the remembrance and the celebration of how God delivered his people from captivity, the, the disciples are excited, the environment is, is electric, and Jesus stands up as the greatest Debbie Downer in history and goes, uh, I'm leaving and none of you get to come with me. I'm, I'm peacing out, this is all over. And we pick up the story in verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Here's where he starts chewing on his foot. 36, 37, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you? Now I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Chapter 14, verse one. Jesus turns to the disciples I imagine he's talking to Peter he, 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 he announces to them like your leader Peter, he's going to fail verse 1 of chapter 14 let not your, heart be troub- your hearts be troubled believe in God, believe also in me believe in God, believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the way you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered him, Thomas, I am the way and the truth. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip says to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its life. We thank you that it's not a dead word, but it's a living word. We thank you that, that your word holds the authority and holds the power in and of itself. God, I, I, I need not make up authority for your word. I, I need not produce the authority for your word. So we come humbly this morning and ask that you would breathe life upon your word and speak to us, your people. God, we're we're desperate to hear you. And God, I am so clearly aware in this moment, God, this morning, how utterly unworthy I am to stand up before anyone and claim to be able to speak for you. So God, I ask not that I would be able to speak for you this morning, but a bolder request I make, God, that you would speak through me this morning. God, that somehow in the midst of what is to be said in the next 20 minutes or so God that you you would somehow in the midst of that speak to hearts and speak to minds and, and and do that transformational work that you do 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 the work where you where you somehow take our hearts from where they are and move them to where they ought to be. God I don't have the ability to 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 motivate or change anyone, but yet, Holy Spirit, we trust and we rest in your ability to change us, not just in our behavior, God, but on a deeper level. God, transform the way we think so thoroughly, yes, God, that it transforms the way we behave. God, renew us by the changing, by the transforming, by the restructuring of our minds. Grant to us this day repentance to turn away from those things that we hold so dear that in reality are Worthless. Let us cling to you, Jesus. Let us hold fast to you. God, let us be obedient to what it is you speak to us. For your name, for your glory, for your renown. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Jesus gives a commandment. To not be troubled. I'm gonna make a very obvious statement here. He told them not to be troubled because they were troubled. He wouldn't have told them not to be troubled if, if, they were, if everything was all good and everything was fine and they were all happy-go-lucky. No, what Jesus had said up until this point, talking to them about the fact that he's leaving, they don't get to go with him, that, that their hopes and their dreams and what they thought was going to happen isn't going to happen. Because he's telling this, it's bringing turmoil into their hearts. Can any of us relate to that? I mean I'm just going to level with you we, if you if you click on the news or you subscribe to any news feeds online or if you're one of the eight people that still gets the newspaper or if you listen to news radio or a, we live in a troubling world. And really if we're if we're going to be just honest this morning there's really nowhere to look to find hope when it comes to what's being reported on TV. look at the economy, and we get, oh, the, this is falling apart, dropped oil prices, and we like the gas is cheap, but oh no, no, now it's going to cause economic turmoil, and, and we don't know, if we, if we lower interest rates, then 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 we can't really grow, and if we try to grow the economy, we can't really do it, it'll all fall apart, and 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 now uh, the guy or gal that I like for president is, or is not going to win, but even if they do, then they're going to get opposed by this person, and, and there's war over here, and there's persecution over there, and, and my team isn't in the Super Bowl, and woe is me, it's just all Going downhill. <laughs> troubled. And in the face of trouble, Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. In the face of trouble, he says, Don't be troubled. I, I, don't, I think it's hard for us to grasp the gravity of what's happening here. He says, I'm leaving. You're not coming, your leader will fail, but don't be troubled. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't compute. See, the the problem is that what Jesus understands and we don't is that we're afraid of what we can't see and what we don't know. Jesus doesn't have that experience because he knows exactly what's going to happen. Now, I have to touch on this because it, it, it's something that I didn't see until this morning sitting at Starbucks. Jesus is God. In case that was a, that's a curveball for you, that's what we believe as Christians. Jesus is God. He's not a good teacher. He's not a guru. He's not the greatest prophet that ever lived. He's God. At least six of you agree with me, and that's enough for me. So... So Jesus is God, which, which fundamentally means he knows exactly what's about to happen to him. I've said this for years now. I, I do not understand the second and third nail of the cross. Bible teaches us that Jesus was nailed to a cross. He was nailed through both hands and through his feet. Three nails on the cross. I don't get the second and third one. Because here's the thing, maybe in his omnipotent, all-powerful God, he didn't really get to that visceral place of what the nail was going to feel like. But after that first one, surely he did. And the second and third one don't make any sense to me. Because in my fallen nature, if that happened to me and I had all power, which we should all rejoice that I don't, um, if I had all power, I would have looked at the dude with the nail and the hammer and been like, go for it. I dare you. Everything you like will die. You'll be alive. Everything you like will not. And facing that, facing the the rejection, facing the physical pain, facing the spiritual pain of bearing the sins of all mankind, of absorbing the wrath of God, is awaiting Jesus. And in the face of that, he's comforting his disciples. I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand why Jesus is not just smacking them all in the face and going like, this is not your problem, it's my problem. But yet, no, he, he's comforting his disciples with, please hear me, a commandment not to be troubled. We, we don't see this in the Greek because we don't all read and speak Greek, but troubled in the Greek here, the way it's used and the way it's it's phrased is is something that happens to you. Don't be troubled. Do you understand that? There's even hints of it in the English. Don't don't be troubled. Don't allow trouble to come on you. And the way he says not to do that is how, believe, believe. It's actually peppered through this whole passage. If you continue to read on, he believe, believe, believe. Don't be troubled. Believe. Look look I get everything the stuff has hit the fan. But don't be troubled, believe. Look, it does no good for Christians to just bury our heads and go like, "No, I think the world is great." Everything's fantastic in the world. Cuz there's flowers. No, that's not, that's not the point. The point is not to pretend like everything is fantastic and that somehow all the bad stuff that's happening isn't really happening. That's not what Jesus calls us to. He doesn't say ignore it. He doesn't say be not troubled, pretend like everything's okay. This isn't the power of positive thinking. He says believe. In the face of what you don't know, Believe, believe here. Whereas troubled happens to us, believe is active. It's not a passive thing to believe, it's an active thing to believe. Don't be troubled, believe. For the follower of Jesus, I I love you. For the follower of Jesus, worry is a sin. I I don't have a nicer way to put that. It's not a character defect. It's not because your dad didn't hug you enough to worry. I'm using that in court troubled worry. Struggle doubt. That, it's a sin. Why? Because it is a blatant statement that you that you do not have enough faith or enough trust in Jesus. It's it's denying Christ his Godhood in your life and in our world. To say, everything's going downhill. It's all getting, it's all just, it's it's all over. We might as well just pop quarters into TVs in the bus station that is this cyber world we live in and just wait for the rapture. It's all gone downhill. It's all just futile. Let's just hope that we get vacuum sucked out of here before it gets too bad. No. No, Jesus says believe the face of, of trouble, in the face of turmoil, believe. We see three responses from the disciples. I'm going to go really fast here. I don't have a lot of time, and I want to get to the, to the real point here this morning. We see three, three responses, three responses to bad news. And they're all, if we're going to be honest, trying to bargain their way around what Jesus just said. Peter, in the face of, you don't get to go with me, Kind of, what what he's saying here is, but what, no Jesus, you don't understand. I will perform very well for you. I will even lay down my life. Here's where I think Peter's at at this point. Here's where I think, I think he's, he's so, he's so temporally, so earthly minded. Here's where I think he's at. I think what he thinks Jesus is saying is this, look, I'm about to be promoted and I'm not taking any of you guys with me. They're going to make me king and you guys don't get to be a part of the inner circle anymore. I'm going to find smarter people, more committed people. And so Peter says, no, 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 Jesus, Jesus, look, I'll lay down my life for you. To which Jesus is like, no, you're going to fail. Actually, um, they're about to come and take me. He doesn't tell them this part, but, you know, some stuff's going to happen tonight, and you're going to deny that you even know me. You're going to prefer the warmth you can find by a fire with a bunch of people who are plotting my death rather than to stand united with me. Before the roosters, before your alarm goes off in the morning, you will have denied me not once, not twice, but three times. You're going to fail. Your performance, you cannot perform well enough. You can't do it. Thomas, confesses his fear. We talked about Thomas last week. I don't have a lot of time to go into him. Thomas confesses his fear at being lost and alone. Jesus, Jesus, but if you leave us, we don't. Jesus, I am not smart. I don't know the way. You keep kind of vaguely saying I know the way, but I don't know the way. I don't know how to get there. You leave, I'm lost. Confesses, he, he just says, I'm confused. and I'm, I, You saying you're leaving, this, that's not the deal here. And lastly, Philip, Philip tries to bargain with Jesus like, okay, all right, if you're going to leave, give us a sign, like do one more miracle, just one, like one more, it's just a little one, just show us God. And then we'll believe. Which we can quote Jesus, what he's going to say later, what we read last week, where he says, look, if you see and you believe, that's good, but joy is found in believing when you don't see calls them to believe. But here's the thing. In the face of disappointment and trouble, Jesus gives them three things. I believe three things. He, he makes three, he, he points them toward three things that are intended, in my opinion, when breathed upon by the Holy Spirit to combat our, the, the disciples and our tendency to fall into worry and fall into trouble and fall into woe is me, everything's going downhill, oh no. So if you're here this morning and you don't worry and you don't have any problems and everything goes great in your life and you live in a big house that's paid for, you have a big car, your kids are all great, you have perfect health, you wear gold underwear, you can just text for the rest of the service. This is for everybody else, whoever faces difficult problems. No one's texting. Okay, I'm in the right place. Three three things he points them to. He points them to a promise, to a person, and to the presence. giving you all of them right now so you can follow me along the way. Three things. Promise, person, and presence. He he, he points them toward the promise of an eternity with Jesus in his house. When, When you face trouble, when you face turmoil in this life, Jesus would point you toward eternity. Can I level with you on this? The older I get and the more trouble I face and the more disappointment I know in my life, the sweeter this truth gets. (laughs) I'll level with you. When I was like in my early 20s and had really not, you know, gotten that beat up in my life and things were going pretty well and kind of the idea that Jesus just wanted me to be healthy, wealthy, and wise in this life was really appealing. And these people who would talk about eternity, like it was some great thing, I'd be like, whatever, man. That that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I'm living for now. I look back on some of the messages that I preached, and I pray that the servers crash so nobody ever hears them. You can ask my wife. She's been there for all of them. Some of them were really bad. Now Jesus points them he says look listen I, this is this is going to be joy to some of you and be really hard for some of you to hear not everything is going to pan out for you on this side of eternity but all of it will on that side because of what Jesus has done because of what he has accomplished The promises that he has made to you and to me in this book are yours and they are sure and they are true, but that is not a guarantee that everything's going to be great this side of eternity. My my statement about about not becoming a Debbie Downer believing everything's just going to kind of swirl in the great toilet of the world until it all gets flushed down is not some sort of promise that no, 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 everything's going to be great again. I, I have yet to be informed by Jesus about the exact details about all of the things that he will ever do. I uh, apologize. If you're looking for that sort of meeting, that sort of church, I I might suggest to you that you wouldn't call that a church. You'd call it a cult if some leader claimed to have exclusive knowledge about all future events. So rejoice that I don't claim to. Now what, what I'm saying here is this, look. We cannot become so temporally minded, so focused on the temporal troubles of this world that we ignore the eternal reality. There is a reality that is more real than the reality that you and I know and experience today. And that is the reality of eternity. And Jesus here says, look, 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 be not troubled. Believe, believe in me, believe in God, because I'm going to prepare a place for you. He he said earlier, in the world you will have Trouble. It's a promise that's in none of the promises of God books I've ever read. As a pastor, people give me little books, the promises of God. Never once have I like flipped it open. Like in the world, you will have trouble. Oh, thanks. And he says, I, but I leave you my peace. And one of the ways that he gives us his peace is he points us toward eternity for the believer. For the believer, death is gain. I know that all of you that are young and have not. Gotten busted up too much, don't like that thought. Just write this down and remember it later. For the rest of us, there's an eternity waiting for us in his house. I love that he says this, in my father's house there are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a room for you. In my father's house there's many rooms. He doesn't say like, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to hang out with my dad, and I'm going to reserve your room in heaven's hotel. Friends stay in hotels, family stays in the house. Is that not good news to anybody? You have to live in God's house with him. Not in, not, not in, not in the guest room. He's preparing a room for you. Now here, I'm going to just level with you. Here's where the rub comes for me. In Matthew, when Jesus tells the story of the end, sheeps and the goats, for those of you who kind of hung around church a while the end, where, where Jesus says in the end, God will, will gather everyone. There'll be sheeps and goats. And, and to the sheep, he says, enter into the rest prepared for you from the foundations of the earth. So Jesus, I don't understand it. if it's been prepared for me from the foundations of the earth, but you have to go to prepare a place for me that this doesn't make sense to me. And I hear these great sermons, and I've preached a couple of them myself, where if God made the whole world and three days, or in, in, in six days, yeah, in six days. I know my Bible. It's okay. I'm just making sure you're listening. In six days, and, and he created everything we see in all the splendor and all the glory. Imagine how much more glorious heaven will be because he's been there for so long. And that's great. It gives me like warm fuzzies, and it's just not biblical. Because the Bible says that that's been prepared for you from the foundation. It, he, do you understand that? Like, If Jesus has to prepare it, that means there's some lack in heaven right now. Anybody else uncomfortable with that theology? So what's he preparing? Can I propose to you that what he's preparing is he's unlocking the door so you and I can actually get in. The problem's not with heaven. The problem's that you and I don't get to go there. So when he says, I'm preparing, I'm preparing a place for you. I'm making up your lack. Peter, you're gonna fail, but it's okay. Okay. In the face of your failure, don't don't focus on your failure. Focus on the fact that your place has been prepared, not by your performance, but by his perfection. You're there because of what he did, not because of what you do. I gotta go fast. Promises, the promise of an eternity with Jesus in his house. Next, next, he points us toward the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus holds all we need. Thomas is freaking out. He's freaking out about this whole thing. What is Jesus? Jesus, I am the way. I am the way. Ta- Thomas, stop freaking out about this stuff and what you know and what you don't know and how did it, how is this and what is that? Listen, just me. Thomas, I've been with you now for years. Come on, me, have you not gotten this yet? In the face of trouble, look to eternity, but look to Jesus. The person of Jesus holds all we need. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. What more do we need? Now, you're going to study this. If you have one of our, our booklets uh, for, this, for this series, you're going to study out kind of that in more depth. What does it mean that Jesus is the way? What does it mean that he's the truth? What does it mean that he's the life? So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that this morning. What I believe he's trying to say, big picture to Thomas here is this. Listen, Thomas, where I'm taking you, this whole eternal promise that I'm giving you, is me coming for you for myself. The essence of heaven is not the gold streets and, and the fancy whatever and the, the oh, it's Jesus. What is the essence of heaven? Jesus. So focus on eternity, but focus on the person of Jesus. The point is is not just some by and by pie in the sky, I'll fly away, oh glory. The point of heaven is not the lack of suffering. The point of heaven is the presence and the person of Jesus. And he promises us that. He, he calls us to look to him. He moves it from a place to a person. Thomas, if you're struggling with the whole idea of heaven, I get that, okay? It's, it's abstract for you. You've never been there. You don't get how amazing it is. So, so, so Thomas, Thomas, look at me. I am the way. Okay, when you don't know the way, I am the way. You don't have to know the way, you have me. Hey, but I don't know, I don't know what's true, what's not, I mean, come on. Is anybody else, you open up the news, and the problem now is that that because of, of the internet, because of technology, everybody's opinion gets equal time. All you have to have is a keyboard, and your opinion can be blasted to the entire world. I fasted social media during the fasting portion of this series, and I have to be honest, I, I fasted, meet. Uh, meat, sweets, alcohol, and social media, and, and, and I missed all of them except for social media. Like, I'm, you can ask my wife, like it came to the end, and I'm like, I don't want to get back on. <laughs> I don't want to. Thankfully, some of you wonderful people filled my Facebook page up with cat pictures. <laughs> you didn't think I noticed. I did when it was all done. It's a nice way to end a Sunday. To be honest with you, that was the best thing I saw on Facebook in years. Because <laughs> everybody's opinion gets equal time and it's hard to know the truth. Is it this person's or is it that person's? And, and what, what's wonderful is Jesus says, you don't have to know the truth. You have me. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you have me, you have it. To live is, to, to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Lastly, he, he points us to the presence of the Holy Spirit is our comfort. Now, we didn't have time to read this because I didn't have time to get there. But if you continue on in this, he, what, he t- what he says is this. I'm not going to leave you as orphans in the midst of all this turmoil, in the midst of all this trouble. It's not just about eternity and look, I won't be here in the same visceral sense that I am now. So it's better for you though because when I leave, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be your comforter. He's going to be with you. So in the face of trouble, we, we look to eternity, we, we grab a hold of Jesus, and we, we rest in the presence of the Holy Spirit with us now. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God is not the force. Oh, you Star Wars freaks, you're like, really? The Holy Spirit is not the force it's not chi. It's not karma. The Holy Spirit is not an it. This might be weird for some of you to hear. This the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. Same level that Jesus is God. The Same level that the Father is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Bible says, according to the words of Jesus, according to the Bible, that he has sent. If you, if you have been purchased by Christ, if you have repented of your sins, if you are trusting Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is in you. And so when you face trouble, you're not facing it alone. You don't have to just, well, yeah, I'm just going to hold on until eternity. I'm just I'll just bury myself in the word because that's Jesus and I just don't know what to do. No, he says that my, my presence is with you. That is not, that is not, that is not an emotional thing. It's a real thing. Does it manifest sometimes in our emotions? Yes. So if you're anti-emotion, I can argue with you. If you're pro-emotion, I can argue with you. It's great. Yes, he affects our emotions, and that's not a bad thing. But don't don't get stuck there. He's with us, Jesus says. Look to eternity. Look to my promise of eternity. It's a promise. It's a promise, not off your performance, but His perfection. He says, look to me as a person. Don't 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 try to figure stuff out on your own. Don't try to uh, look look listen listen listen. We are not called by God to figure it all out. So I thought that would be an eruption of praise and amens and clapping because. I get confused sometimes just trying to find my keys in the morning or remember my password for my smartphone when it tells me I have to do it. I can't just use my thumb. <laughs> i have to figure it all out. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus has got this and you're not alone. Holy Spirit has been sent to be with us, to be our comfort, to be along with us, to, to lead us into all truth. Come on, to empower us to live like Jesus on this side of eternity. So I'm going I'm to land this plane now with one last scripture. Psalm 46, verse 10. And we're going to end a little differently this morning. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Jesus starts off, we can just leave that up. Jesus starts off, John 14, 1. Believe in God, believe also in me. The word believe is not, we talked about it, it's not, it's not passive, it's active. It's put your trust, put your hopes, put your faith in Jesus. Don't 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 run around, don't freak out, don't, don't look this way and that way and, and up and down and try to figure out how to maneuver everything. Just be still and know that I'm God, he says. So, but but if, I, if, I, if I'm still, there's all these plans and purposes of God. I've got, to, I've got to figure this out. I've got to fi- be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Like, look, my plans are going to happen. They're not dependent on you. Now, he honors us by giving us a place in his plans, but, but, but they're not dependent upon us. Come on. Be still. This is where I want to end this week. Be still. Now listen, I've got to give us a little bit of instruction here. As a church, we respond after the the, the preaching of the word. We believe that it's important, amen, to to respond to the word. Church isn't some intellectual classroom where we intellectually ascend into greater knowledge about things, but rather it's a place where we are confronted with the truth of God's word, and we're called to repent and respond. So we do that as a church each week by taking communion, worshiping, and opening up. We have a ministry time for people. We also receive an offering during this time and and uh, and do that. But but th- this morning we're going to kind of divide this up a little bit more. Here's what I want to do. In a moment, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask us to stand to our feet, invite the worship team back up, and, and I want us to be still. Now, normally what we do is we we take communion by intinction, where we have a cup and bread, and you you know dunk and chew type thing. But, but this morning, I, I want us, we're, we're going to go ahead and let you stay where you are, and, and we're going to do it the new school, old school way, and, and pass around some trays and give you a, a cup and give you some bread. And I want you to just hold it and just be still. And, and here's what I, I would ask you to do. If, if there's worry or turmoil or anxiety or stress in your life, here's what I want you to do. I want you, I want you to remember those three points promise of eternity his person and his presence i want us to turn our eyes away from all of the chaos and be still and know that he is god now listen if you're if you're not a believer this morning if you've not repented of your sins and trusted christ first first primarily please do that now the bible is it's clear, we all sin. We, we all do the wrong we know we shouldn't. We all don't do the good we know we should. And the Bible says that's sin. And if you've never repented of your sins and trusted Christ, I plead with you this morning to do that. Everything, listen to me, everything I've said this morning, everything is is of zero value to you if you do not repent and believe right now. If you have Just be praying for me right now and pray for those that are here. Because listen, if you do not repent and believe, you don't get eternity, Jesus is not with you and his presence will not rest in your life. But if you repent and if you believe, if you trust the death and burial and resurrection of Christ, his perfection, his sacrifice for you, his resurrection, if you believe, there is no more condemnation for you. But only everlasting joy, the, present, the, 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 the promise of his house, the, the person of Jesus in your life, and the presence of the Holy Spirit resting with you forever. Now, if you're not ready to do that, if you're, if you're still apprehensive about that, if you don't like the fact that I told you you're wrong, I'm going to ask you something, and this is not to embarrass you. It's not to belittle you. It's for, believe it or not, I don't have time to explain this. It's for your good. Don't do this. The lights are going to be down low. No one's going to see you. Just, just pass it along. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to like, no, 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 take one. They're not going to do that, okay? If you've not repented and trusted Christ, we'd ask you to, to abstain, to not take communion with us this morning. Now, if you're repenting for the first time and you're trusting Christ, if that's happening in your heart right now, go for it. You don't have to have finish a class or sign a document or been a part of a certain denomination. or what. It doesn't matter. If you're repenting of your sin and trusting Christ, this is open to you. If you're not, though, we would ask that you would abstain. So we're, we're going to pass this. The worship team is going to come up. We're going we're gonna to enter back into worship. I would encourage you, sing if you'd like. If you just want to just be still and let the presence of God reveal himself to you. Be still, come on, and know that I am God. I don't know what trouble you're facing. Be still and know that I am God. And then after we'll all come up and I'll lead us in taking communion so you just just hold on to those. We want to take it as a church we'll take it together this morning and then we'll, we'll enter back into worship. We'll open up the, the altar and'll be the, the, the area to the side here for ministry time and there'll still be time. Come on, I'm not backing down on what I said last week, okay We believe in that need to stand and let people pray for us and trust God to move mightily in our lives to not just trust somebody else's testimony but to see God move on our behalf, and in our lives. Amen? So that'll happen. You understand, I know it's a little complicated, but we're not third graders, so we should be good. So I'm going to invite us to stand to our feet, invite the worship team to to come up, and I'm going to pray for us. Holy Spirit, I thank you this morning. I thank you that you don't leave us as orphans, but rather you, you... you are with us as a comfort, as a guide, you lead us into truth, you lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. So Holy Spirit, we we ask right now that you would come. We, We trust that you're already here, we trust that your presence is with us, we trust your word that you don't leave us or forsake us. But God, when we, when we ask for your presence to be with us, what we're really asking is that you would open our eyes to see the presence that is here. God, unlock our hearts. God, come against the, the hardness. God, I, I'm praying for that person that the trouble of life, whether it's their personal life or whether it's just the perspective they have on the state of the world has just clouded them to seeing you moving and to seeing what you're doing in the earth. God, I ask that you would just come and you would you would make yourself known, God, that we would be still. That we would be still. And that we would know that you're God. Your plans are being fulfilled. Your purposes are being worked out. God, grant to us stillness. God, grant to us rest. God, I pray for those that that are here that are far from you this morning, that have never, never trusted you this morning. God, I'm asking that to them, you would not just grant rest, you would grant repentance to them this morning. And that they would trust, not in their performance, but in your perfection. God, I ask that we would be still and know it's your God.